That's in the great name of our God and Father that today we have uh, made stewardship commitments for 2018. And as we give our tithes and offerings for next year, uh, we want to be reminded of why we do that. Well, we want to be faithful to God, but we also want to make sure that we're supporting our budgeted plans uh, for kingdom growth through Spring Valley Baptist Church. And the money you give is not just giving money, uh, not just to support the staff or not just to uh, take care of the buildings, but it's to fulfill a vision for our ministry, for ministry here and around the world. We want to continue to minister here in Northeast Columbia and around the corner from us, but we also want to minister around the world. And we do that through gifts to the Cooperative Program, Association and Omissions, uh, and many ministries that we sponsor. We also want to engage you, our church family, in discipleship opportunities to grow deeper in your faith, through Bible study, to discipleship classes for all ages, for our children's ministry, for our student ministry, and for our adult ministry as we seek to grow better, deeper, and stronger in our faith in Jesus Christ. And we want to invest in the necessary resources in our building maintenance, our campus maintenance, our pastoral ministry, our outreach events to minister to our community here in Northeast Columbia. And so the, the theme for our budget for this coming year, 2018, is the joy of generosity. And I, I want you to look at generosity as an opportunity for a joyful experience in your relationship with God. I don't want you to look at giving an offering as, a, as a, a duty or as something that you grudgingly do. But I want you to see it as a wonderful opportunity to, to join with God, partner with God in being obedient to His Word and doing what He calls for us to do so that we can see kingdom grow through the life of our church. In Psalm 37, verse 21, there was a phrase that caught my attention early on in the budget process of planning and putting all that together, which simply says, the righteous give generously. And so we put that verse on the theme for our budget of the joy of generosity. You know, that ought to be a very understandable statement because we are the righteous who have come to know God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we know the blessings that God has given to us, how gracious He is to us in His love, mercy, forgiveness, all the resources for life. And so we should give back because God has been so generous to us. The gift of salvation is a generous gift that God gives to us. All of that calls for us to be generous as we give back to Him. There are two verses of Scripture out of Proverbs 11 that I want us to consider for today. And I think they're a great challenge for us. If you look at them as to what we might think the world and our culture in which we live today would teach us, these words run so contrary to that. Listen to this. One man gives freely. That's a picture of somebody giving freely, yet he gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. You see, in the kingdom of God, what would happen in the world is flopped because of what, he, what this writer says, what the writer of wisdom says here. Then verse 25 says, a generous man will prosper. You see, that defies logic, doesn't it? That the more you give, the more you give away being generous, you will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I think we have to be reminded that we are, are people of God, and generosity is at the very core of our life as followers of Jesus Christ. And if we are generous with our giving, then there are some blessings that come from that. And that's the title of the message for today, the blessings of generosity. And I just three that I simply want to share very quickly with us. One of the blessings, number one, is that generosity is necessary for us to become spiritually mature. It's not the only thing, 
Bible study, prayer, devotion time, worship time, you know, your Bible study class, fellowship with other believers, all of that's important. But if you leave out generosity, you will never reach the level of spiritual maturity that God intends for you to experience. So generosity uh, enables us to experience a deeper level of spiritual maturity. See, generosity has always been one of the one of the hallmarks, one of the descriptive characteristics of the people of God. If you go back to the very beginning in Acts 2 of the church, you will find that one of the characteristics of the church right there that caught the attention of the culture of that day was the generosity of the people. Uh, and the church was described as having all things in common. doesn't mean that they lived under, under a socialist regime. It simply means that they were willing to sell their possessions, make sacrifices so that they could give to the needy and the poor, to the orphans and the widows within their family and within the community. That caught the eye. That caught the heart. That caught the attention of the community around them. And I think somehow we have lost that kind of edge of generosity today. We are victims of our culture today. And I think we have to come to realize the fact that if, if Jesus Christ isn't Lord of our finances, then he is not Lord of all in our life. And I think it's also true to note what Randy Alcorn in the Treasure Principle says. I have never seen a mature Christian who is also not a mature steward. You see, those two things just go hand in hand. If you're growing in your faith, you're growing in your generosity. If you're not growing in your generosity, you're not going to grow in your faith. Because the Bible teaches us as we grow in generosity and we're obedient to what God tells us to do with our money, then God blesses that and he honors us in many different ways. Uh, On October 31st of of this year, 2017, just a a few weeks ago, uh, we celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. That's when Martin Luther uh, broke free from the Catholic Church. He posted his 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg Chapel. And he took his stance and he said, uh, here I stand. You know, when they want him to recant for that. But basically, he had been reading and studying Paul's theology in Romans. And he talks about uh, the righteous will live by faith. And he came to understand that it's by grace and by faith in that grace that we experience salvation. He also had something uh, significant to say about this third conversion concept in his life that I think we need to understand. He said, for first con- uh, conversion takes place in the mind when you make a decision to give your life over to God. He said the second uh, conversion occurs in your heart when passion for Christ takes root. And then he said the third conversion takes place in your pocketbook for transformation has truly happened when your finances reflect the priorities of God. Now there's a lot to learn about that that you know that that we grow and, and as we commit ourselves to Christ And we're truly converted when our finances are converted and given over to God. See, our attitude about our resources either reveals an attitude of gratitude and trust or of ingratitude and of immaturity and a lack of trust in God. So being generous is one way that we grow in spiritual maturity. That's one of the blessings. The second blessing of generosity is it enables us to overcome our selfish nature. You might not think I'm selfish, okay? I'm not very selfish, you might think, okay? But the bottom line is we are when we look at at our money, our resources, and our treasures because we all have that that, that holistic concern is am I going to have enough? Will I have enough? 
And you see, that puts ourself in the very center of that and a lack of trust upon God. Now, it's not calling for us not to be wise. We need to plan our finances and we need to, we need to know our income. We need to know our outgo. We need to have our budgets. We need to, to make careful decisions about how we give and where we give. But by nature, the concept of generosity doesn't uh, go along with the concept of our culture. The culture tells us to make all you can and keep all you can. And we have to learn to be generous. But when we try to be generous, that old selfish nature kicks in again. And the lack of enough grips our hearts, I think, with fear. And the reality is, long before the reality shows came on, like hoarders and storage wars, that we were hoarders. You know, and the reality is, too, just like if you ever watched the A&E storage wars, that people have walked away from storage units. They got, they got some valuable stuff locked up in there, and people build on them, you know, and, and uh, they, they're thinking about what they're going to make off of that. You know, everybody's going to do the same thing one day. You're going to leave everything behind, just like these people left it in a storage unit and walked away or left it there for whatever reason. And so one day you're going to leave everything behind. And what, what is that going to have a value for you? There is a, 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 growing, a growing phenomenon in our country today, I think, that shows something about our, our hoarding nature. The Self-Storage Association tells us now that there are 1.9 billion square feet of personal storage space around the country in 40,000 different buildings. Isn't that something? And the survey also says that there, one out of every home also owns a self-storage space. That's up 75% from 1995. What does that say about us? We're a nation of hoarders. You know, when you got excess stuff, we need to get rid of it. Do what you can with the, the things that you have. Have enough for what you need and then get rid of the other stuff. We've been, we've been shaped by culture that says, get all you can, keep all you can, and the one who dies with the most toys wins, right? But that's not what Jesus taught us. Jesus taught us to get what you need and give away what you can. Now, generous giving is not just flippantly giving away money. But understanding the joy of generosity and the generosity that the Bible teaches us is a whole concept of orientation that we have to go through. It's reorienting our heart in the direction of Christ so that we can become transmitters of the same affection and care that Christ modeled for us. You see, our problem about money today is is that money promises us things that only God can give us. Things like security, significance, identity, independence, power, and freedom. We find all of that in God, not in our possessions, but we hold on to the possessions as if that's where we find our security, significance, identity, independence, power, and freedom. When you look at the giving pattern of Southern Baptists today, it's not a very God-honoring picture. And it probably holds true in our church as well. Reports from the Southern Baptist Convention about financial giving, supposedly for the glory of God, reveals that 37% of people who attend church three times a month give nothing to the church. That's not being very generous, is it? Not being very biblical, is it? Only 3% of Southern Baptists actually tithe. 
And when a giver over the age of 60 dies or moves away from a congregation, it takes two or more people under the age of 40 to replace that level of giving. Those figures probably hold true in the life of our church. And if we don't create that culture of generosity, if we don't buy into what the Bible teaches us about this level of generosity, we're not going to be able to honor God with what uh, we're supposed to do to begin with. And then we're not going to be able to fulfill the vision that we need for kingdom growth in our community through the life of our church. So we need to make sure that we come to understand that generosity is a lifestyle of reorienting our life to where God is first, our trust and faith are in Him. And just like the writer of Proverbs talks about, when we give, we are blessed generously. And that's the third blessing that comes from being generous. Generosity means that we are blessed generously. That's exactly what we looked at in the Scripture. One man gives freely, but he gains even more. A generous man will prosper. You know, the old saying is, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Well, this sounds true, and it sounds good, and it is true. Because it's the Word of God. And it's the Word of God that tells us in so many places, if you trust me with your finances, if you trust me with everything I've given to you, and you develop a generous lifestyle based upon my Word, then you will be blessed. Jesus put it this way, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. We have to trust that. We have to believe that because that's the Word of God. And that's what Jesus said about that. In the Old Testament, we find these words from God in Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. You see, tithing almost seems to be something that's not believed in today. And I don't believe that the Bible has ever said, even in the New Testament when we're under grace, that we shouldn't tithe. I think tithing is the beginning point of generosity. And when we trust God with that first 10%, boy, that's a step of faith. That's a step of giving to God that might take you out of a comfort zone for a while. But you'll begin to experience the blessings of God in so many ways that you'll wonder, why didn't I do this sooner? And you see, all of that is a part of being blessed in our life. We don't do it so that God will bless us, but as we do it, we receive the blessings from God, and that's what generosity brings into our life. So as you've made your stewardship commitments, as we go through the rest of this year, as we move into next year, you know, we have visions for what we want to do through the life of our church. And, and it takes money to do that, more money than ever before to operate the life of the church and to do ministry in the name of, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so I pray that you'll experience the joy of generosity. If you made a stewardship commitment today, then I thank you for doing that. If you didn't do that, I want to challenge you to pray about that in the coming days and weeks. And you can complete your stewardship commitment card, mail it back or bring it back on at any time. And I want to challenge you to think about, consider about, pray about, starting to give if you've never given anything. And then I want you to pray about taking incremental steps in the level of giving that you might grow towards reaching the tithe and learn what it is to be completely faithful with what God tells you to do about finances and money. 
You see, when you think about the life of God and his relationship to you and the blessings in your life, you have to know that God is generous and that he is joyful in that generosity as he gives it to us. He gives us all the blessings of life, the abundance of everything we have, and the blessed gift of salvation. And our response is that we are to respond to that with the gift of generosity. So I pray that we will be together as a congregation, growing in that spirit of generosity, honoring God with our finances, and watching him pour out blessings in our lives individually and the life of our church as we work together to grow his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day in which we focus upon uh, the generosity with which you have blessed us and that so many of your people have made stewardship commitments. And, and I pray, Father, that uh, as they do so, they will experience that joy of generosity. We'll grow in our faith. Everything that we have, we will give back to you because it's yours already. And, and Father, that we would, we would cultivate here a spirit of generosity so that we would, we would give to your glory and experience the blessings that come from that. Father, we know it's not just about money, but it's about faith. It's about faith in your goodness, faith in your promise to provide, faith in your promise to bless us as we trust you. And I pray that we will do that. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.